This is In the Arena, the Colorado Concern podcast that explores the intersection of business and politics. I'm your host, Mike Kopp. This is a conversation with Lou Cordova, who is the Governor's Advisory on Efficiencies and Digital Transformation. Prior to her appointment by Governor Polis for that role, Lou was the Executive Director of the Colorado Department of Revenue and the chairperson of Corland Industries, an investment holding company. She has extensive experience in finance and has a keen mind for how to improve government efficiency through digital transformation. That's a lot of what we talk about in this podcast today. She has been a central champion in our effort to improve public access to agency rulemaking. And I hope you enjoy listening to my discussion with Lou Cordova. Lou, you are the governor's advisor on efficiencies and digital transformation, but that's not your first job in the Colorado state government. That's your second job. So let's talk about your first job, which was the head of our Department of Revenue for the state, how you got there and why you said yes to taking that job. You know, I come from the private sector, Mike. We, we kind of come from the same point of view. You know, when the governor first asked me I had texted him about something totally different. And he said, Lou, can I talk to you? And and then he asked me to run the Department of Revenue. And I first laughed and I said, no, who wants that job, right? That's like a really hard, hard, thankless job. And And he said, look, it's more than just running the Department of Revenue. I need cultural change agents to help change the way government is done to be less about enforcement and more about customer service. And I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) And I was, you know, it took a while and I thought, you know, I want to be part of that. I want to serve Colorado. I love Colorado. It's my state of choice. And, um, and what a chance to have the state of Colorado really be, one of customer service and everyone's like that this you know i've had like seven companies mike and this cabinet is the largest group of talented passionate people i've ever worked with in leadership and i've worked in big corporations and small ones right i've gone public with with one and it is just an incredibly competent connected group of people, diverse group of people who spend their days and their nights, 16 hours a day, many days, just trying to think of how to make state government work better, how to make it be more efficient. And so I love this job because I'm not battling anyone. Everyone wants to do the same thing. We're just figuring out how to do it. Lou, you left revenue. Did you complete everything over at Department of Revenue that you wanted to before you went on to take this new role? It seems like a leader's job is never truly done. Could you talk a little bit about that transition out of there? Well, that is so true. But when the governor asked me to run Department of Revenue, he had some very specific things that he wanted me to do. One of them was culture. As I mentioned, you know, really be part of changing the culture from one of enforcement to customer service. The other thing was a sales and use tax software. He had seen that over the last decade, software just hadn't worked well in the state. 
for one reason or another. And could I get this software up and off the ground? We needed it to meet a Wayfair uh, ruling that had come out. People needed to do destination taxation. It was an incredibly important piece of software that had not been done ever. And he wanted to be sure it got done and he felt I could get it done. So we had a software that came out ahead of schedule, under budget, greater than the minimal viable product. It was a win across all categories. We had the home rules be part of it instead of the state developing software and just says, hey, what do you think? We actually engaged them early and they were part of the development process. I can't tell you how large the stakeholder group, we actually built it together. It just won an award. It won the Colorado Technology Association Project of the Year Award uh, that was just last week. And we're really proud of it because we did a lot of things right that we had learned from. So everything from using what's called an ITN, an invitation to negotiate, instead of a, a RFP process, We use collaboration everywhere, so everybody was on board. Just so many different things that were done right to achieve that outcome. And so when I finished that and got it launched in May, it was one of those things that, okay, I guess now I go back to my private life, right? Because the the third thing I wanted to do at Revenue was reduce spending, And I wanted to do that just as a taxpayer. I wanted to go in there. I mean, how many of us as taxpayers think, oh, there's probably a lot of government waste, right? We we just think that way. And we hear little examples of it that feed that belief. So I wanted to go in there and see if we could rethink the way we do some things to actually save money for Colorado. And the governor wanted me to do this because the governor was all into saving people money as well and lowering taxes. So he really wanted to lower taxes for people. And the way you lower taxes is you lower spending, right? So in one year, we cut the revenue budget by about 20%, which was huge. And we did give people a tax cut. And there were lots of ways that we did that, but a lot of it was just looking at efficiencies. So when I was ready to go back to the private sector, that's when the governor came to me and said, look, could you stay on and would you consider having this new role? He, he made up that title. And would you work with the other agencies to help them, work with them to do what you've been able to do at Revenue, which is find efficiencies and reimagine government. So that was just such an interesting challenge that I decided to stick around and do that. Well, we're very glad you did. Of course, we became acquainted while you were at Department of Revenue, but since that time at Colorado Concerned, we've focused a lot of attention and effort to try and make our our book of rules at the state um, easier to find, easier to search online, uh, make it easier uh, to, to access notices of rulemaking and you know, all the documentation that companies have to uh, get their hands on to understand the impact of rulemaking or proposed rulemaking. And, you know, just that whole range of documentation and calendar items and whatnot. And that's what 
that's what led us to you and to your office. And you've been a, a great consultant for the work that we're doing. You know, I'm pro-business. I'm pro-individual because I've had businesses and I am an individual. So I see both sides, right? I see all sides of that. And it's really important for this administration to have businesses thrive in Colorado. It's really important, right? It creates jobs. It makes Colorado one of the top economies. So anything we can do to help business thrive responsibly, right? Big emphasis on responsibly thrive. We want to be able to do. And while I was at Revenue, I got a chance to see how the sausage was made of rulemaking, right? I got a chance to see how laws come through and then how revenue has to figure out how to interpret those laws and put them into a rulemaking process and how they do stakeholdering and things like that. I mean, stakeholdering wasn't, it's, I, I think that's not really a word, but it's a, it's a real thing that happens where they talk to the community about how to do rulemaking. And I was pretty impressed, but boy, you are right. There are so many different rules. They change all the time. There's emergency rules and permanent rules and all these processes. It's hard for a business that's not used to this to know if they're following the rules. We will make progress. I feel pretty confident with the legislature. We've got a great team of legislators, uh, bipartisan team that would like to to sponsor and move the follow-up bill to our bill last year, which started the process. And they'll move it forward. But I guess just more broadly, you know, when you look at the result of that first bill, which was uh, to do the requisite study, and we needed to do some of the study work so we could understand sort of the scale of the problem and the dimensions of what we what we currently have. When you look at that study, it, it noted, the report noted that the current process frustrates public access and leads to overall confusion and misunderstanding about agency rulemaking. And yet, I've been around many of the people that are in charge of various aspects of rulemaking. I don't think, <laughs> for the most part, uh, 95% anyway, let's say, they're not looking to to do that. They're not looking to confuse people. They're not they're not looking to sort of hide rules. They're they're trying to follow the rules that they have to operate under. Uh, we have, you know, they have a book of rules that they have to function under, and of course, state law itself. So, from your vantage point, just as a technology professional, what do you think is like the lowest hanging fruit in terms of leveraging technology to make? all of this just more simple and clean for everyday citizens out there that are, that are doing business. And they just, they just want to be compliant and they want to make it less of a headache in their lives to be compliant. Yeah. I think the, the lowest lying fruit or let's call it the greatest opportunity. That's not quite the same thing, but I think the greatest opportunity is to really look at a, a document management system because it's not just rules Coloradans, both individuals and businesses, need to find state documents, be they rules or a license or whatever they may need to find. They need to find documents. And every agency collects and stores and shares documents differently. 
And that's really hard because there's so much overlap. You know, like in revenue, we had officers, but there's awful also officers in DORA and in public safety and, you know, and that's just one area. So Coloradans want to go to one portal, be able to have a really good search engine, put in what they'd like to find or what they're trying to do, and then be led to where those documents are and have the documents retrieved for them. And they don't need to know the mechanics that we have an AI bot going into different agencies to pull out these documents. They just want to have an intuitive interface and get what they need. And we need to provide that for them. And this is not rocket science, right? Document management is, is something we can do. We just need to get it done and get it done efficiently and not in a silo. We need to do it for the state for all of the agencies. And I'm not just talking about the gov agencies. I'm talking about Secretary of State, Treasury, county offices, because counties have the same problem. Some counties are, are so small, they don't have the manpower to even figure out what they need in a document system. But we could do that. We could build sort of a, a document highway where all the different entities that upload documents only have to have the on-ramp, just an API to store the documents, and then we can build the portal where Coloradans can go and get any government document that can be shared with them. I know you've talked to many people about this, uh, probably in formal and informal settings. Do you feel that there's a desire to do this uh, as a a general matter? Or do people kind of need to be coaxed and convinced they've already got plenty to do as it is I could understand um, maybe some of the hesitation just has to do more with workload uh, than anything else. Could you just broadly characterize where you think people are on this? I've been encountering a lot of support from every community. So the business community would love to have a portal to go get whatever they need. The agencies themselves would love to. You're right, Mike. The The main hesitancy is that Agencies tend to be understaffed and a lot of controls over what they spend money on, you know, with good reason. You know, we've got to be transparent and things like that. But agencies have been set up over the decades to run in silos. It's just the structure of of government. There's a ton of coordination that goes on between the agencies, but there's often not somebody who is looking to what they can do agency-wide And that's one way that I've been able to help. I'm in a catbird seat, you know, with my, you know, former cabinet members. I get to look across all the agencies and see what's needed. And so I'm getting a lot of support, especially if you go to an agency and say, how would you like to have a document management system at a fraction of the cost of any time you've looked at it before? They're all over that because they want to serve. The mentality is there. I can't tell you how impressed it's it's the one biggest thing I've learned since being in state government is that the people who choose state government really have chosen a life of service and impact. And sometimes they just need to know how they can do that better. And they're all over it. So I have not encountered a single person or group that is against this idea. We just more have to figure out how to do it right? How, how to do it once instead of 
being sloppy about it. And meanwhile, while we're figuring out how to do this, not create even more rules that make that path even harder, which is one reason I suggested that um, to you and, and others at Colorado Concern, I suggested, look, if you're going to do legislation around a portal for rules, please think of the larger context. Why not do legislation around an entire sharing of all documents and rules as a subset of those documents? Do you feel that that would extend across local governments as well? I think it has to. Uh, there's so much interaction between local governments and the state. In, in many, many cases, people don't realize that the state actually contracts in a way with local governments to do things. So the easiest example is that when you get your vehicle registration, that's done on your county level. Even though technically it's a Department of Revenue thing, it's it's contracted with the counties, right? But they look to the state for the information and the database is on the state level. There's so much interaction like that between the state and the counties. And the pain is actually greater on some of the county levels for needing more support for this. Well, I just think you're going to have so many cheerleaders that listen to this in the business community. People are hungry for this kind of things. Like you mentioned before, you're in, you're from business yourself. Presumably, you'll go back to business. And these are just sort of the, the day-to-day problems that people in business um, encounter, and then they solve them. <laughs> you know, if they yeah. want to be successful, they do. And so I just think this is going to be uh, music to their ears. I was saying they just have to realize that that the state wants to do similar things in business, but because the state is using other people's money, you know, i.e. taxpayers' money, it has to do it in a far more procedural and transparent way. It doesn't always take longer, usually takes longer, but not always, but it takes a ton more collaboration, right? So one of the things I'm really looking to do and working with our Gov Policy Office is have a more collaborative relationship with the General Assembly. I mean, we do for the most part, you know, we all want the same things, but in the past, there's been so much legislation that happens without the input of the agencies that are implementing the legislation right next to the consumers. So the more we can collaborate ahead of time, you know, with our legislators, to create laws that make sense and that we can do rulemaking around that just is intuitive to the businesses and the people who have to follow those rules, the better off we'll be. So I'm a huge advocate of collaboration with the business community, the consumers, the legislators, the counties and the state. And yes, it can get a little unwieldy. You have to listen a lot but the outcomes are so much better. Do you have other other areas of transformation that you'd like to tackle while you're in this role? <laughs> oh, don't get me started, Mike. Um, <laughs> we'll limit it, I, to, limit it yeah. to top what 10. <laughs> well, what I told you about, you know, collaboration and working with all these communities together, that's the how, right? That's how you get stuff done. Now, if you look at what you want to do, that's where the sky is the limit. 
right, in terms of how you rethink this. So an example I often give is DMV offices, they shouldn't exist. People should be able to go to a little kiosk that's sitting in a Walgreens or next to a Starbucks and be able to take their eye tests and have their driver's license print out, right? They shouldn't have to do a two-hour round trip if you live in rural Colorado. We should have technology towns with 5G and remote workforces where companies all over the world ask their employees, do you want to live in Colorado? If so, you're completely set up and you can work with us remotely. There's just so many different things we could do where people go and look to their state and it's a fully digital state where they know their ID is protected because, you know, we own our IDs. We, we sort of have the state has, let's call it uh, guardianship over our IDs, you know, mm-hmm. but, but we choose to live here. And we need to get a better handle on being able to protect our own IDs. So things like that. All of this wraps up into how Colorado can look at digital statehood and be in the modern world, do everything online, and still have it be convenient for people who don't have access. Not 100% of everybody has online or even wants to be online. So being respectful of the diversity in our own state and knowing that there will always be people who want to pick up a handset phone or walk down to their local little office should be able to do that. And even if they hit a button and they talk to a person remotely, because I'm a big believer in virtual humans behind the computer, they should be able to do that and interact with their state and their, their state should be friendly. You shouldn't get tax letters that are mean, right? You should get tax letters that understand that you had an issue and we're going to work with you to resolve that. So it's, it's cultural, it's digital, it's understanding of the non-digital world and integrating that. It's all things coming together. Lou, I think the state is very fortunate to have you. We're very lucky that you said yes to the governor uh, to go to the Department of Revenue, to go to this uh, new advisory role that you have where you can have such a a big and broad impact. So first of all, let me just say on behalf of our listeners, thank you for saying yes. Thank you for bringing your business expertise and acumen uh, to this this public service work that you do. And let me just say that we really look forward to continue to, to follow the great innovative work that you're doing for the state. And as always, if we can be a partner, uh, please count us ready and willing. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Um, I'm having a great time just with all the people I'm meeting and that we all want to do the same thing. So I will tell you, it's an absolute privilege. I am so lucky to be able to spend this part of my life doing this and uh, and love working with you. And you're already counted in. As you know, we've been doing some things together and we'll continue to do that. Well, Lou Cordova, thanks so much. Be well, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the In the Arena podcast with Colorado Concern. I hope you'll subscribe so you can stay informed on the intersection of business and politics in Colorado. 